Welcome to church this Easter morning, or should I say resurrection morning. And I want to pray before we go any further for the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to us, for Jesus to come and uh, show something about himself to us this morning. So why don't we just uh, bow our heads and, and start with a, a prayer this morning. And I want you to receive this prayer. Make this prayer your own today. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll show us something, reveal something of your nature, something of your, of your person this morning. Lord, we want to we know the living Jesus. We want to know the supernatural power that raised you from the dead so that we can live in that every day. So, Lord, I just pray, open our hearts. May our ears be open. May our spirits receive something of the supernatural this morning, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, it is great to have you here with us in church this morning. So if you are visiting with us, I want to say it's an honor to have you here with us today. And just to get you, you know, feel comfortable. Um, we don't think we're the only church. Uh, we, we know we are just part of the church uh, around the world. And we love Jesus. We want to lift Jesus up the way we do church. is just our style. It's just how we like it. So it doesn't mean we're... Um, better or anything anyone else it's just that that's the way we express our love and our way we want to honor and worship God so that's why we do what we do here today um, I want to say Good Friday was an unbelievable service we had here um, if you missed it I, I need to tell you to go and listen to the podcast because it will help this morning make a lot more sense so you can listen to them both together and you'll go wow uh, now it all makes sense. So I'm picking up this morning's message from Friday. And uh, if you weren't here, you'll, you will be able to make sense of it all. But I hope that um, something of what I'm saying is going to go past your mind and go straight to your spirit. And I know when we, when we live with that spiritual awakening, it starts to affect everything else around us for the better. So we're going to start by looking at Revelation chapter 4 verse 1 and um, it says this then I, then as I looked I saw a door standing open in heaven now this is John he's one of the disciples and he's now um, in on on a prison island and he's getting this last revelation from God for the church that we know as the book of Revelation but he says then as I looked I saw a door standing open in heaven and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. So I want to start by saying what Jesus did physically on the cross that we remember at this time of year, what he did on earth, his whole ministry on earth, opened a door, a supernatural door was opened in heaven. And that's why we've got you know, the doors around the place, there's one on the way in. I want to thank the, uh, the people who put together all the doors. Um, I know Michael did one and someone else. I don't even know who the others did. I came in, there's a, a door appeared out in the foyer there. This looks really, really cool. So thanks to all those, you know who you are. You know who you are. The evidence is in your camera. Is it? No. <laughs> but what Jesus did physically opened a door for us supernaturally so a door standing open in heaven it's a it's symbolic 
that God has made a way for you. God has, has made a way for people to enter into his supernatural, eternal world. His supernatural and eternal realm, if you want to use that word. But death is a sensitive subject. Give me a wave if you think that is true statement. Death is a sensitive subject and it's something that a lot of people don't want to talk about or don't want to have to deal with. And uh, every religion has a belief about what happens after we die. Um, there's reincarnation, there's uh, that's coming back as someone else or coming back as something else. Um, they, they call that being, it's like the ultimate recycling. We just recycle things back and, uh, and hopefully you come back as something better than the last time. But there's also various interpretations of what heaven is or what that means. Um, there's, there's talks of nirvana or paradise, some perfect place that's not like earth. And we're not going to go down all those tracks this morning. But every ancient civilization has its own interpretation of what happens when we die. Poke someone next to you and just make sure they've not already died. <laughs> They're alive. They're still breathing. <clears throat> but today is Resurrection Sunday. Don't touch them too much. Just to... <laughs> Today is Re Resurrection Sunday. And we celebrate Jesus' triumph over death. Sin was dealt with and death and every moral failure has been buried with Jesus when we believe. It's totally supernatural. We're born again because of it and there is no good reason for us not to live supernaturally. So the theme in One Heart Church, all of you would know if you're from here is we're, we're looking at the supernatural this year and the whole thing that I find so amazing is that Jesus Christ came lived his life did all these amazing supernatural things he died on the cross super and was raised again supernaturally and uh, I think the whole experience that we ought to desire and think is normal as a Christian as a believer is that we live with an element of the supernatural with us every single day to to Live the, try and live the spiritual walk with Jesus without the supernatural is cutting off the main purpose and reason for his coming. And we need to realize that and have a hunger and a desire within our spirits, within our soul, for something supernatural to be with us and in us every day. It's totally supernatural how we're born again. But Jesus said this about death. John chapter 11, verse 25, it says, Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And then verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 26, it says, and, and I've gone to the King James Version because it's much more poetic. And for those who love the King James Version, it's the only version. But that's okay. We did this one for you. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die want to interpret that in, in modern English, whoever believes in me won't die. But I love that poetic nature of the, the King James Version. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. So what are we talking about here? We're all going to just keep these, these craggy old bodies going for eternity. That's not what Jesus is talking about because he's got a better body for me waiting I don't know how it's going to be better than this one, but it, apparently it is. John 5, verses 25 and 28 says this. 
I want us to take a moment right now to consider what Jesus accomplished, what Jesus did between the crucifixion when he died upon the cross and when he was resurrected. And I think it's really, really amazing when we look at this period of time between the crucifixion when Jesus was dead and when he was resurrected to life again. So often we don't really think about that space of time. So we're going to look at that this morning. Um, and it's, we know that it was three days. It says that he, he died and was, was in the tomb for three days. So he's physically dead for three days. Now John chapter 5 um, verse 25 and verse 28 talks about Jesus is prophesying about himself. And he says that the dead will hear his voice. He's talking about this, this time where people who have already passed away, people who lived before Christ, before his time, are going to have an opportunity to hear his voice and hear his message of salvation. So from Good Friday, Jesus gave himself willingly. So, so from my message on Good Friday, so you make, it, make sense of this. I'm a little bit ahead of myself. But from Good Friday, we saw four things that Jesus willingly gave himself to. Number one, he gave himself to be arrested. He gave himself willingly to be arrested. And, and as I explained on Friday, if Jesus didn't, didn't willingly give himself, he could never have had any of these things happen. So first thing, he, he gave himself to be arrested. He let it happen. He, uh, he allowed himself to be tried and to, to go on trial. He allowed himself to be crucified and he allowed the darkness to attack him while he was on the cross. And the fifth thing that we're going to look at this morning is Jesus gave himself willingly to die. Jesus gave himself willingly to death. So the verses there that I want us to look at this morning is 1 Peter 3 verses 18 to 22. It tells us this. It's a really amazing enlightening piece of scripture it says christ suffered for our sins once for all time so that means for every person who's ever lived on earth and i always used to wonder well what happens to the people it's a, a good smoko room debate that people used to throw at me well what about all the people from before jesus isn't that unfair that they didn't get a chance well this scripture here will reveal to us that everyone got a chance so jesus prophesied that the dead were going to hear his voice in john and it says this, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners. To bring you, I love how it brings it back to us personally, to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. That's a supernatural raising to life. Verse 19 says, so he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Verse 20 says, those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently. It goes on to talk about the people who died um, in Noah's time. I'll read it all out to you so you get the whole picture. While Noah was building his boat, only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I want to tell you, maybe you're on that journey um, of on your spiritual walk and you need to consider as a next step for you to be baptized i want to encourage you to talk to us about that talk about that um try and um you know 
get, get a, a, a word from God if that's what you need. But I'm telling you something, we've already got the word, and it says to believe and be baptized. So maybe that's just a side issue here this morning. But I want us to stop, and we have to have a look at this scripture that I just read out carefully. See, my theory or my hypothesis on this is while Jesus' body lay dead for three days, Jesus' spirit went where spirits of dead bodies go. I better say that again, a little bit slower. While Jesus' body lay dead for three days, Jesus' spirit went where spirits of dead bodies go. Who spooked out? He was there three days preaching where dead people are. And he's preaching, you can be saved from this. Now, a question I have, I wonder why the spirits of the dead didn't all accept Jesus. Why didn't they accept his message? Jesus descended through the doorway of death. So I have a doorway here, and I'm going to try and sort of do this. Jesus descended, it says, through the doorway of death into this place where the spirits of dead people are. So he's going down into this place, and he's preaching to the spirits of dead people. It's in the Bible. He descended through that doorway. And the question I have is, why, why didn't they believe? Why didn't all of them say, well, we're getting out of here. We're, we're, we've just heard Jesus, the Son of God. He descended through that, into that pit as an unglorified spirit. Do you realize that? He was unglorified at this stage. He was he was in appearance just like every other dead person's spirit in that place. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. And I'll show you some evidence why I say that. So Jesus gave the spirit of every dead person the same opportunity of salvation through faith in him. When he was still not yet glorified. So if you notice John chapter 20, verse 17, when Jesus revealed himself to Mary after he was raised to dead physically in his body, and he, he says to her, don't touch me. I haven't ascended to the Father yet. See, at this point, Jesus' spirit had returned to his body and he was resurrected but not glorified until after he'd been to heaven. Can you put all the pieces together right now so that means to me the spirit that went down to speak that that descended down into the pit of hell whatever or Hades or whatever we, we're going to call it he, he goes down there to speak to the to the spirits and the souls of people who have died over all the generations of human history but he's unglorified he's just a spirit like all of them and they're, they're just saying but that's just too ordinary he's just another dead spirit coming in that we don't we don't know whether this is this is really God or not? And so they have all these questions that they're going through their minds in their spiritual minds, just like we have people say today. Is this really God? Can we trust this message? Even though Jesus came himself in the spirit to speak. It says he had three days to bring his message. I think it also says... Uh, at that point, when he spoke to Mary, the first person to see him after he's resurrected, 
He says, I, I, you know, don't touch me. Later on, when he sees the disciples, after he's been, to, he's been to heaven, then he comes back, he says, touch me, feel me. He's been fully resurrected, fully glorified. Ephesians 4, 8, it says, When he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives. And what that's talking about is, is when he went down into Hades and he went, when he spoke to the spirits of the dead, many believed. That also explains um, Matthew 27, verse 52 to 53, where it says many people, many righteous people who had died were seen in Jerusalem. They were walking around. They'd come out of the graves. And I think they were the first to hear the message of Jesus and receive it. And they were resurrected right there. And then they had a little excursion just to scare people and, and walked around Jerusalem a little bit and, and then went off to heaven. Jesus just said, hang on guys, have a, you have an excursion, I'm not ready yet, I just want to say hi to Mary, uh, and then we'll go. It says this in verse 22 of 1 Peter 3. Now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honour next to God, and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. Now I spoke on, on Friday night about, on Friday, sorry, about the forces of darkness that descended upon Jesus at Calvary. And, and this says all authorities, all powers, all things spiritual accept Jesus' authority. Now here's your boom right now. There's a boom moment. We need to do some reminding to the devil that we are invited into heaven. There's an open door for us because the door is open and we are going in. That we are going into the door that Jesus has opened for us. We need to do some reminding every now and then when, when uh, things start to pile up in our life, things start to, to overwhelm us, that things like guilt and shame and, and, and all these other things that, that uh, get loaded into our thinking about life and we need to do some reminding of the devil and start saying hang on a minute I, I hear all those things but you know what there's a door waiting for me in heaven that Jesus has opened that deals with all that kind of stuff we've got to use the door Jesus entered the doorway of death he bound every evil that, that there is and, and he walked out alive again and he was leading captives out Today, we remember that. Through the doorway of death, Jesus was raised to life and brought our salvation to us. Now, here's, here is his promise. And you know something? When we start to uh, attach ourselves to the promises of God, then we can start living like a child of God. Luke 22, verses 29 to 30 and just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. There's your invitation to the kingdom of God right there. The open door is our invitation to the, to the eternal, supernatural life that Jesus has intended for us. It starts today. It starts in your life right now, here on earth. That's our invitation. Because... Jesus lives, we live in his promises. 
We need, to, we need to live in the promises of Jesus. He's given us a promise right there that, that God has given Jesus a kingdom and I grant you a place. How's that? You've got an invitation to sit at the table in the kingdom with Jesus. Revelation 3 verse 8. I've opened the door for you. I'll just go back. I know all the things you do and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Talk about friends in high places. This is Jesus talking to you, a promise. How about we start believing that Jesus has opened the door for us? We need to speak that to ourselves and no matter what else happens around us or to us and uh, through us, We've got to say, Jesus, you've opened the door for me. Hopefully the, the visual pictures we have for you this morning will help you to understand better, have a clearer idea of the doors that Jesus has for you. We've got to personalize that. When we do that and bring other scriptures to life and bring those, those things into our life, we see the supernatural encounters will be near to us all the time. See, the enemy... Satan, he reminds us of doors closed, of paths that were blocked. He reminds us of the times we've been rejected and when access has been denied. Things that we wanted but were never realized. The hopes and the desires that, that never came home. The devil's an expert at, at reminding us of those things. Many people break their stride, fail. And they stall because they walk up to a closed door and stop before it and start complaining. Why isn't this door opening? Perhaps you've been at these places yourself. Why isn't this door opening? If only God would let me in. If only this thing would, would, would move in my life, then I'd be able to really live. We do this when we tell God how He ought to direct our life. Isn't that amazing? Where we say, God, I just need you to do this. And there's a door that is closed in front of us. And we're saying, God, you need to open this door. It's stuck. I need you to open it so I can go through. So we have relationship doors. We have career doors. We have business doors. We have life's doors that, that could mean lots of things. And our energy gets robbed. Our, our joy and our peace all get taken on banging on closed doors. We come to a door that is closed to us. And we're thinking... I need to go through that door. See, the master deceiver, the devil, will keep you locked at that mindset and cause you to blame God for what he is saving you from. Have you ever thought of that? Because sometimes we get the doors open that we should have left shut and we find ourselves somewhere down the track and think, this is not where I wanted to be. This is not what I thought. This is not what I was expecting. And sometimes, or I think all the time, we need to recognize if we want to be followers of Jesus, disciples of his purpose in our life, when we come against something that seems like it's a, a blockage or a door that is closed, we need to say, thank you, God, because you're saving me from what's on the other side. Whoa, change our perspective. Change our, our understanding of how we're going to do life from now on. So when we find ourselves at that place of a closed door, that's when we turn to the Word of God. We turn to Jesus and go through the open doors. 
So when you're at a closed door, and you'll, you'll come, you'll come a, across some sooner or later, you'll go, I want to go this way, I want to go that way, I, I want to go in a business, or I want to do something. And sometimes the door is open for you, and sometimes you'll come up against resistance, blockages. And where you think you want to go, you can't go. This is what I want you to do when you're at the closed door. Turn around and look for the open door where Jesus is. And you can't do that unless you're following Jesus. You can't do that unless you have a commitment to say, Jesus, I want to be a disciple. A disciple follows where Jesus is. And you're not a disciple if you're banging on closed doors saying, God, open this one for me. And we're thinking, God doesn't answer my prayers because God will answer the prayers when you're following where Jesus goes. When Jesus is saying, you over here, this door's open. We need to follow where Jesus is. The doorway is open. Why don't you bow your heads with this, bow your heads with me this morning. Stand to your feet. We're going to pray. I want to pray for open doors over the church this morning. Open doors over your life so that your spirit may flourish, so that your, your soul may prosper, so that you may grow strong spiritually, so that you don't waste your energy from this day forward complaining in front of closed doors, but just saying, Jesus, thank you for saving me from what's on the other side of that. And I'm going to turn to, and I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to find where you are, and I'm going to walk through the open doors that you have for me. For behold, in heaven, I saw an open door. Behold, in heaven, I saw an open door with your name on it. Behold, in heaven, I saw an open door with your future in it. And we just need to change our perspective and start seeking the open doors and not wasting energy on the closed doors. So, Lord Jesus, we just pray right now over every single person here in this place. Father, I pray that our eyes may be open, our spirit be awakened and aware of the open doors of where you are. That we will see Jesus, desire Jesus and and walk after Jesus that we believe God is planning the best for us, that we begin to say, Jesus, we thank you today for saving me from from going beyond the doors that were closed. You saved me from the things that were on the other side that I didn't need in my life. We say thank you, Lord Jesus. We want to get those things right this morning. And perhaps here this morning, you need to give Jesus your life because you can trust his promises. Maybe you've never been to church for a long time. Maybe you've never been to church at all. But, you know, what we believe is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That Jesus Christ came as a man, gave his life upon the cross, and paid the penalty for our sin. It's not so that you get a new, a, a new sports car and a speedboat and live, live in a penthouse. Some people think, well, I'm serving Jesus. Where's the payola? Where's the prize? The prize is your sins are forgiven. You walk free of the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. That's what Jesus does. And the way to receive that freedom, the way to receive that blessing 
It says to, to change your heart. The old-fashioned word is repentance and you can't get saved unless you say, I'm sick of what I am. I'm sick of my past life. I don't want that anymore. I'm going to separate myself from that and I'm going to make a decision to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. And we call that being born again. So this morning, perhaps you, you need to be born again. I'm just going to pray right now because the devil will be saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Lord Jesus, I pray for breakthroughs in people today. I bind the spirits that want to keep people bound in darkness and chains today and be set free. Be released this morning, I pray, to be the person who Jesus created you to be. In the name of Jesus, I pray, release that power over people today. I'm going to pray for people this morning because I just have a feeling that there's people who need to respond today that just need someone to stand with them and pray with them this morning. We've got our team ready to pray with you and we'd love to pray while the um, worship team hiding behind the door there are going to lead us. We're going to sing that song, There's Another in the Fire. Again, if you're unfamiliar what that is all talking about, talking about a, a time in the Bible where there was three young men got thrown into a fire because they wouldn't worship this ungodly God. The king made a rule, said everyone's got to bow down and worship this statue. If you don't, you're going, to be, you're going to be condemned to death. And they said, well, whatever happens, we're not going to worship this God of yours. And so the king says, well, the penalty is you didn't bow down. I gave you, he gave him a second chance. They didn't worship the second time. He said, well, you're, going to be, you're condemned to death. You're going to be thrown into a, a, a fiery furnace and uh, you're going to be burned to death. That's, that's your... Con your, your, your conviction, that's your penalty. You're going to be burnt to death. And they're thrown in. And the king says, didn't we throw three men into this fire? And the attendants say, yes, we did throw three men in. And he says, but I see four in the fire. And the fourth looks like the son of God. And then he calls them out. And they're they don't, they're not singed, they're not burnt, they don't smell like smoke. They've been saved by the power of God. And you know something, that's what God wants to walk with you. That's what we're singing about this morning. If you want someone to stand with you and pray with you, encourage you today, I'm going to invite you to come and we'd love to pray with you this morning. So thanks. Thanks, team.